Hello, friends. Welcome to Brainworms, the podcast that might be hitting on your dad in the middle of Starbucks. Don't worry about it. It's none of your business. I'm Joe. I'm David. Fuck everything. I'm Chris. And probably against our better judgment. And against my will. Yeah. Uh, We're continuing List of the Lost by Morrissey. His bizarre, self-indulgent, stream-of-consciousness kind of story about relay race runners kind of but it's the thinly veiled metaphor let's let's just be real it's about three very athletic attractive i'm really annoyed that i got out of the fucking growing vats for this it's literally your only purpose that's true No, no 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 i'm not supposed to be subjected to this kind of bullshit it's the only way we learn yeah i've learned i've learned Kane, I know that your existence is very troubling, but just, you know, think about it this way. Think about the greater good, you know, because we're eventually going to perfect the cloning technology. And think about what that'll do for mankind. You know, once once we get it done, we'll sell it to a corporation and make billions off of it. Yeah. And then they'll good use it for nefarious making purposes. making it into this laboratory <laughs> after all of the changes I've made to the security system. Oh my god. It's all Who gave him the access code? For the research. He uploaded his mind into the network. It was a whole thing. Is he has he barricaded the co- why why does he come out to record with us? Why are we okay with this? Because in the original <laughs> coding, which I can't erase, <laughs> I'm forced to do this. Yep. I've seen Robocop. I know how this works. <laughs> <laughs> What's Kate's fourth directive? <laughs> look i don't want to do can we read anything else not this week no we have to read this i don't want let's just read something else but there's so much exciting things happening in the book right now (laughs) yeah there's a coach and running and oh look at the time uh looks like (laughs) i have an important business meeting to go to you don't have business can we just fucking read this yeah let's let's go back to the furnace this this weird book and maybe maybe it'll go somewhere fun and exciting and we'll learn something about ourselves if it goes to morrissey dying in a house fire i'm there (laughs) fair enough the only place i want it to go is away Mm -hmm. yeah it's you know it's it's a fun journey into whatever don't forget to patreon give us your money at we give you brainworms.com and i'm actually sorry that this has to keep happening i apologize before it even starts <sighs> anyway yep let's go deep breath okay so you're now warmed up the coach croaks even though two get-out-and-push hours have already dragged by. This sounds like a gay porno. I really... I'm split between being terrified and really hoping that this is the way that he actually talks in conversation. Like, who says things like two get-out-and-push hours? I think he's just pretentious. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I don't think that. I have been certain of that for like <laughs> yeah, 30 I mean, yeah. years. Yeah. I used to be, when I was a younger person, sort of a mark in his favor. I've grown. How many pages is this book? Oh, too many. <laughs> <laughs> Good answer. Good answer, yeah. 
In the heat and the heart of the moment, it is all never good enough, and the team ache for rest whilst wanting to perfect. Their dependency upon Mr. Rim's glib jib annoys their spirits whilst also directing, and he repeatedly mumbo-jumbos his muttering mantra of, Get your head into the game. A game it isn't, but with some mutton-head meaning such words find reason. I mean, it is. It is, it is a game. It, it is, in fact, a game. It's, it's fucking relay racing. Yep. There is no poetry in this military exercise. And yet it is understandable to cry with gratitude when it all goes well. All dietary modifications made, it becomes a sign of success when the boys feel too exhausted to sleep. But they are short sprinters and not tested for endurance. And so directed are they towards success that they can now only accept praise from those least likely to give it. Anything else is motherly encouragement, which will not do in the meathead world of savage sport. <laughs> savage sport like relay racing. Yeah. Not not football, mm. which people come away with brain, brain damage, damage. Yeah. But relay racing. Yeah. Yeah, Morrissey, not a jock. Light rain taps their faces like uncommitted kisses as early evening rush hour begins to uh... hum from beyond the training ground. There is still no commitment from quibbling rims, logic chopping his way across every speedboat team attempt. Rims is only alarming if you are afraid of him, which the boys are not, but nonetheless there he is, a human speedometer whose insults facilitate and demolish the spirit in equal measure. The Quibbling Rims would be a good name for a British alternative rock band. <laughs> My grandma moves faster than that, he drones with standard banality. May Satan rest her soul. Stretching and high kick exercises hone up on the scratch gravel, and the fastidiousness shows a spit and polished tone on these days that seem like nothing yet might have great meaning in years to come. May I interrupt for like 10 seconds? Please. Please. <laughs> You're talking, and I'm struggling with the urge to hit someone. And I and I open my eyes, and I look up, and there's a painting of six seagulls on my wall. And they're flying against a backdrop of a stormy ocean. Do you live in a lighthouse? No, it's a painting. Why do you have a painting of seagulls on your wall? Because uh, my, my parents, seagulls? they like Florida, so they have a lot of sea-oriented stuff. Okay. That makes sense. I was just curious. I'm sorry. But but I, I look up at that painting and like it was just an escape. I could look at it and see the brush strokes and feel the stormy wind and the spittle of the ocean as the, the birds fly into the I mean, rage I'll, of I'll it. I'll spit on you if that's what you're what you're trying to get out of this. <laughs> I was just I wanna the, the painting, it's it's saving my soul. <laughs> I wanna live in a painting full of seagulls too. Not uh, not actually. Seagulls are terrifying they're mean animals yeah they're they're not cool they're like the rats of the sea they really are they're i mean they're pigeons but they live on beaches that's, mm. that's what they mm. are except pigeons are nicer mine 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 <laughs> yeah when someone calls you racist what they are saying is hmm you actually have a point and i don't know how to answer it so perhaps if i distract you by calling you a bigot we'll both forget wow. what enlightened your comment was <laughs> oh <laughs> That's as dumb as the... I'm not eating food. I'm just tasting it. <laughs> that hurt. That hurt. Oh, golly. Keep reading. Although I don't have anything against people from other countries, the higher the influx into England, the more the British identity right. disappears. Right. You can't yeah. help but feel that the Chinese people are a subspecies. Whoa. Can't you, though? 
can't you? But but why? Because fuck Morrissey, that's why. No, I mean, like, what makes you feel that way? Being a racist is what makes you feel that way. Yeah. I mean, yeah. you can look at people from whales and feel that they're a subspecies. I mean, the Welsh are clearly a subspecies. Let's... <laughs> Uh, the, the podcast doesn't endorse David's anti-Welsh sentiment. <laughs> it's hard to be a man. It's made to be hard, and I don't know why. I think it's easier to be a woman. The women's movement has been so successful. The men's movement has never been accepted. I think it's not wanted. Kane, I can appreciate what you're doing here, and I, I agree with you, and I think we've we've Fucking made the point him, that he I is hate an abysmal so much. human He's a being, shit person. But let's focus on this bit of his yeah. writing let's criticize his his literary work not his everything else i'm just trying to run out the clock so we don't have to hear any more of it i'll, I'll admit it i'll admit uh, it <laughs> this episode's gonna be light on the book yeah yeah i mean we've made four pages oh my god <laughs> <laughs> all right and what have we learned <laughs> that morrissey cannot write prose let's try to get at least like a few pages in all right, I'm going to stop asking if Morrissey has died in a house fire yet until after David Reed. These months that gleefully suck the life out of your prime, even though you think it must surely be far too early in life's story for reflected light to take root. None can be patient enough to let life take its course as the years creep upon us like energy thieves, and to be twenty years old has no vague importance to those who find themselves in such infancy. For there is time aplenty to waste, and indeed to enjoy wasting. That's not only the fucking bullshit muttering of an old man <laughs> it is it's complete ignorance nonsense? and nonsense yeah it he is. does he clearly doesn't remember being 20 mm -hmm. i remember being 20 i didn't think the rest of my life was rolling out in front of me forever i no. thought fuck i'm not a teenager anymore i am now old now what right you know who kind of took a similar not the same but similar sentiment and expressed it a thousand times better literally everyone literally everyone but remember when we read something wicked this way comes oh yeah and it was musing about summer days and the, the fleeting of youth and painting with words yeah the images in our head also oh, john man, i wish we were reading that book oh yeah Life Did I tell you guys the first time that my age restricted me from doing something? Um, Did it involve David finishing pages of this book so we could get <laughs> it over with? Just asking for a friend. You don't have friends. Uh, asking for my next clone because I have to send this memory to him. Closing the day, Mr. Rims now talks to the boys almost as if they were proper people. And this change in tone signals the dying day, for Rims is homesick for the success that only the boys can bring to him. This is a darker-than-usual April, with a major competition too close to just about as June approaches like a meteorite in this year of 1975. So lavish with promise, so sadistic in demand. It's a whole lot of words to tell us that we're reading a book about four relay racers in Boston in 1975. Yup! And they practice hard, and sometimes it sucks. Only at the risk of their lives could the boys ever relax, and with never a moment's ceasefire, they shall die with their spikes on. What? Justy slaps his leg muscles, and Ezra jogs on the spot whilst... Whilst, again, with whilst. There is another word. While. Yeah. yeah. 
whilst lifting his knees comically high. Nails twists his upper torso as the lower body remains statue still, his hands on his hips, and Harry seeks some applause for his impressive one-armed push-ups. The boys are indeed licked into shape and ready to jockey and scramble even the feared fraternities of Lakeview and Bennington, from where rumors of hellion gazelles have taken the wind out of a nation's sails. The handoff, here in God's own Boston, has been so skillfully mastered that the most difficult task ahead will be shaking hands and kissing babies. The names of our tracksters called out to, yet unanswered, as bleacher observers rise to their feet and shout to our boys as if believing in nothing else. <sighs> Easy victories do not await, but just rewards seem like a tasty cakewalk, a wrapped-up walkover, so neat and ready to breast the tape. They remind us all of what it is to be living, just as they might show you that you are not but their natural joys can prevent us from dwelling on our own private failings. As innocent as water, as fueled as a bursting tank, their drunken rapture is found in their natural selves, ready to be televised and then pressed for their secrets like an imperious political dynasty. What the fuck? The athlete is very alone and must control every outcome, knowing how an unforeseen blunder shall be judged as the beginning of the end, or even worse, the end of the beginning. You nope. might let others down nope. when <sighs> such a move is the opposite of your intentions, and the shifting nature of luck leaves you privately howling. Quick quick tip to the listeners. If you're going to tell a story, un unless it's a nuanced or you know a a an experimental thing, it's generally a good idea to have a theme mm -hmm. or an idea mm -hmm. to adhere to. Oh, he does. He does. <sighs> These guys are young. Mm -hmm. And one day they'll be old, mm -hmm. but they're not thinking about what it's like to be old now. Because they're young now. They're young. And also they are athletes. Yeah. And athletes are people that we should respect because they are good at being athletes. And these are young athletes. And the young are better yep. than being old. So being young athletes, these are the best people that God has ever created. Yeah, and, and of all the fucking sports that you could write this infinite word scree about, relay, no matter how you polish it, you're Triathlons. not going to make me care about relay racing. This would be an interesting setup for an examination of a person who, as he's trying to describe, like, God's gift to Earth in, in high school or college, and then we flash forward 30 years and he hasn't like, he hasn't accomplished anything else. Right. And he's still clinging on That's to not these what ideas. This is. I mean, I imagine uh, you asked earlier how many pages this book was. I don't know, probably something like 150, 200 pages, somewhere in there. It's a novel, right? So, sure. And I can't imagine it goes much more than 200 pages. How could it? <laughs> God, um, I hope not. <laughs> but this is what this is, is just that many pages, that many words of someone who is looking at themselves and realizing how completely past their prime they are mm -hmm. and fantasizing about what it was to be young. Yeah. Badly. And who is financially successful and famous enough that they can shove it at a publisher and get it printed and sold. Pretty much, yeah. I think that's what happened here. There are days of genuinely poor visibility when your sorry best is the most you can do, whereas a dry and radiant day expects more from you and is ready to catch you victimized by excuses. Well, 
Either you can run or you can't, and no eloquent apologies are acceptable substitutes for hair-raising action. What? Ah, the competitive spirit which would endanger its own soul if it accepted less. It is a power that needs more power. And here and now, in this world, but not the next, the thrill is not the race, but the point at which the race must successfully ends, for there are no consolations to be had at third or fourth place. Your brake lights evidently mysteriously snipped. Second place, however, you do get a consolation because you're the first loser. That's not in the book. I just no. thought that was pretty much implied by what he was saying here. Well, yeah. I, I mean, like, I knew it wasn't a part of the book because you spoke very straightforward and you had a point. Yeah, <laughs> yeah you actually arranged words in a way that made sense. And, and uh, communicated an idea yeah, that was a slightly amusing. And I will say, mm -hmm. I am so fucking tired of word salad. Yup. Um, oh, if just... you hear like a gagging, rattling sound, it's just me trying to cut off the oxygen supply to my brain with my <laughs> microphone cable in order to <laughs> induce a dizzying high, which will make this book more enjoyable. I keep just... flipping forward and there aren't chapters in this book, uh -huh. by the way. So we won't be able to, there are breaks where they have a picture of a relay runner. Okay. And we're about three pages from one of those. Uh, real quick, Joe, just don't start masturbating or you'll get David Carradine. Also, David. <laughs> yeah, that's an embarrassing death. Yeah. <laughs> Could we skip to like three quarters of the way through and no. see if it makes a difference? No, no, it's I just want to see if it to. makes a it's difference. Not going it to. won't. We it should won't. focus on reading a section, I think, with this one. <sighs> By chance, our teamsters are four wind-shot greyhounds, and nature bestowed as much, as each makes the same deadly quicksilver strike in his different way. Their jet-plane speed and their blue darter health are fully equated with natural virtue, and once they step on the That's gas... That's the book. That was... Or <laughs> What's that? The, uh, the, their, their speed is equivalent to natural virtue. Ah, yes. That was, that was the thesis for this whole whole fuck <laughs> their jet plane speed and their blue darter health are fully equated with natural virtue that's it and once they step on the gas or flatten the grass nothing else in life has class are, are those <sighs> the actual yeah that sounds like a bumper sticker yep i hate this i hate this. <sighs> david continue let's slog through this bullshit backward flips motion without any thought it is just there always without cautious planning their surfboard bodies came genetically as fat fanatics gaze on depressively <sighs> really getting some insight into how morrissey sees the world yeah yeah you know the forgiving way to look at this would be to say that he is crafting a voice that is, you know, that of these boys looking back or one of the, like, mm. maybe this is not actually Morrissey. Maybe this is the, you know, omniscient narrator voice and that omniscient narrator shouldn't be confused with the author. But knowing what I know of Yeah, Morrissey, I'm disinclined. Yeah. And so also... Is it just me, or within these first few pages, has he, like, four or five different times gone out of his way to say, these guys are really attractive, and they're also really good runners? Mm -hmm. 
with nice butts. Don't you feel like if you used clear language, you could only say it once? You would think that, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, maybe there's or, something or there then, to that. Like having having one soliloquy where you actually you know use arty language to describe like, like in, in a Greco-Roman admiration of the human form, and you're done. You move on. Tell a story. Oh my god. Yeah, nothing has happened. Well, hold on here, because uh, this is about to get real. Oh no. Oh no. Oh, yeah. Man. Do I have to? <laughs> perfectionism is what few possess as raw instinct and you might work as hard as you wish yet find yourself still remaining your true sarah lee podgy slug vanilla runners such as ezra and nails have never known chemical adventures their hispanic background somehow Steve, unimpressed no. with letting the air out of optimism whereas pale-faced justy and harry were briefly blue-eyed and round-eyed devils who very quickly found their way back before any serious habits uh. and hooks took the last of their luck or led them knuckle-to-knuckle knuckle with the machete of justice. All of that doesn't matter now, because June looms with the most important day they shall have as a team. The day they all get naked in the showers and just decide to just start I mean, kissing. I will say, I, I give him points for... The two Hispanics being the ones who never got, you know, experimented with any drugs, but the white guys being the ones who were like, let's try this shit. But I'm sure that was probably also because in Morrissey's mind, if the Hispanics had ever tried drugs, there's no way they would have gotten away from it without it becoming a problem. Uh, That's me assuming. And yeah. you know, like all you can do is assume because yeah, he's not the, the, the saying fact anything. That he felt the need to bring it up. Yeah, do you have to ascribe motive? Fine, I appreciate the fact that you know we now he he did find a way to tell us that two of these boys are Hispanic and two of them are white. That's useful for visualization for knowing the characters. Interesting place to toss it in there. Yeah, yeah, you know, in innate <laughs> virtue and genetic superiority. Yep. Yep, you know, yep. another way that you could convey that in a single sentence is telling us their names and have it be a Hispanic name. Yeah. Or, you know, when you go on about how every surface is reflective, mm -hmm. I don't know, maybe have one of them see their reflection. I know that's a terrible trope and a bad way to do it, but it's better than this. He's fucking lovingly described these characters' bodies and physicality. Uh, this is college, right? This isn't high school? Yeah, these are college students. Okay, so they're 20. odds are they're not un they're not underaged. <laughs> no, they're they're twenty. That's All something. four of them are twenty. But 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 he's given us nothing about their facial features or any anything <sighs> of, of of that. Just their physicality is very important. And he, uh, yeah, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, I'm, I'm ran for another half an hour. All of that doesn't matter now because June looms with the most but important day they shall ever have as a team. <laughs> When national television cameras document a major track defeat for Boneless Bennington and Gast Lakeview, our Pryorswood Tetrad repaid with paradise for all of their hard work. Nails didn't care too much about what he did in life, as long as he did something well, scarred as he was by his scrappy social background of unrelenting parental disapproval, <laughs> of the untouchable question of religion's fatal grip, 
of hate and hurt persistently bruising a harmless heart, whereas Justy had fared better in a rambling house full of upper-hand sisters, although they had always been they, whilst he would always be other due to whitewashed oh gender God. divides and separations that appeared to crop up hourly, and just occasionally with some meaning. Divine love oh. had blessed Ezra, who had always won due to his physical and facial features, an amorously fixed gaze so sensually in place and all-American alien strong that it would be commented upon time and again as if it were all he'd ever need. Nails had no family as such, having been abandoned and then discovered by a set of adoptive parents whose methods of love were far too harsh to benefit the boy. Thus, he assured himself that he was indeed as hard as Nails, since life had insisted upon as much. Is that he, where he got too, his name? had always been a desired one beyond the gloomy lair of the family home, and it would be forever assumed that his sharpened body accurately reflected his needs. Do you guys think he got, Nails got his name from being hard as Nails? I don't care. And being sharp. He's got a sharpened body. Sharp, like a nail. <sighs> it would be forever assumed that his sharpened body accurately reflected his needs, which it did not. But at the same time, he denied no bouquets that flew his way, and many there were. What is that? What? The fuck? What the fuck? Lots of people want to fuck him. Touch came second to watching, though, and this troubled him without his understanding why. <sighs> Even though such shame was easily readable in a modern American society that worked very hard to keep sex out of commission. Which, you know, just makes this book completely timeless. And classical. The time period that it set in was the past when it was published. So. Yeah, it was it's fine. Set in the seventies, but also I guess the point here is that American society is way too repressed about its sexuality, and that causes people to be damaged. And he's not wrong. He's not, but Morrissey, you're British. <laughs> At a standstill, sexual experience became the one thing that most young people thought about, usually with worried countenance, and soon they would grow to fear it and learn to suppress it without finding out anything new about it, or about well, themselves it, in relation what? to it. I mean, that happens to some people. That's not, that's not like a, a standard. I would say he's actually not far off there. Like, as a critique of American society mm. or just Western society in right. general, there's the weird Victorian prudishness about talking about sex. And it makes and it weird. It, it makes it weird. Yeah. Yeah. No, there's value. There's value there. If it worked, it must only work one way, like most things in life. What? What? What the fuck? What? Parents approved only of sex within marriage which also served as the ultimate threat to trying Parents anything else with understand. others. Conversely, Harry, a boy alone with his mother, and Justy opted for a certain less educated mimicry, since they were romantically unsuccessful, yet managed to keep such a truth unsaid, and simply made the most of what little they knew. If you strip away the pretension... We'd still be on page one. <laughs> We'd still be on page one. This would be a short story and not a novel. There's some truth here about like awkward high school, like dick swagger. Like, yeah, I totally know a lot about sex. Just like that kind of bullshitting. Yeah. But to what fucking end? Yeah, I'm not sure. 
Yeah, like, are you setting, like, a mentality for the, the runners? Or are you trying to describe the environment in which... Because uh, I'm assuming that the runners are the subject. Like, they're, they're the focal point of this story. So That's far, That's my assumption. Yeah. I could be wrong. I imagine so. I just don't... I don't get it. Like, nothing about this makes any kind of sense to me at all. Oh, I just... I want to get a dialogue. Just, just... Hold on. Yeah, just, it's coming, probably. Yeah. Sex was always there. Everywhere photographically, in print, in film, so expansively thought about that almost nothing more could need to be said about it, yet so difficult to obtain, not because of the appearances of Justy and Harry, but because of the atomic supremacy in the family values of their upbringing which, of course, circumscribed the son's freedom to fly, since a certain sexlessness kept the grown child tied to the family, what? Even if the impossibly constricted demands could very easily lead to a form of sexual cremation for the young child. That sounds like a metal band. Sexual oh, cremation. Does, yeah. <laughs> sexual cremation. Sexual cremation. Sexual cremation. No, I just want Morrissey to die in a house <laughs> What if fire? we write songs about Morrissey dying in a house fire? Alright, sold. Let's do it. Cool. What do you play? I can do that with my voice. I mean, you need someone. Yeah. Wait, wait. You can do what? That the thing I did a minute ago. Do do it again. Sexual cremation. That's really good, actually. <laughs> yeah. Nice. So you'll do the like like the higher kind of screechy voice. Yeah. And then I'll do the sexual cremation. And you guys can mm-hmm. dress me up as a unicorn boy, and I'll just be pretty. That's what every black metal band is looking for. A unicorn boy? Yeah. Uh, Fair enough. Yeah. The parental mind would allow the child time to develop political views, but there would certainly be no question of allowing the child allowing the child time to choose its preferred religion, and even more importantly, the grand assumption that all children are extensively heterosexually resolved at birth whipped a demented torment across the many who were not. Well said, sir, actually. Well said. This bit about, you know, society suppressing, you know, the identity of the youth and mm-hmm. and Victorian sexual ideas, he kind of, you can pretend he knows what he's talking about and is making a point. Whether physical maneuvers were difficult or easy, and it is usually one or the other, and for what? eternity, our foursome found in each other a generosity of spirit and determination that all other circumstances seemed blind to. Each would make up for the other's loss. So firmly they took their friendship into their own hands, and around it went. Only Ezra worried that four males had found each other to be so emotionally indispensable to one another, yet he could not argue in favor of a better situation. In fading light, he had met Eliza, the similarity of their names, that E and that Z, and she provided enough initial silence for Ezra to fill as he wished. Even if her all-show-and-no-go banished Ezra's warmness for her formness to initially go its full distance. What in the fuck? She didn't put out and he lost interest in her? Alright. In such circumstances, Ezra had only ever known sunlight, his thigh-blaster trophies easily acquired, as he handled (laughs) the female structure with an expertise that almost suggested aloofness. Thigh Thigh blaster is my new porn name. I mean, yes, but is this meant to be erotic? So speedily (laughs) he knew, so speedily he unclasped, so confident his aim, 
like banking deposits. Wow. Uh, <laughs> yeah, man, because there's nothing sexier than a <laughs> bank deposit. Than efficiency. <laughs> what are you doing tonight? He asked Eliza. Seeing you, she felt assured. That is the correct answer. Well done. Who talks like that? Ezra had been a beacon of light to so many females. Females? Also, Joe, the, the answer to who talks like that is, the thing is, is that Morrissey is talk. his characters are all as enlightened and brilliant as he is, so they're going to speak in the exact same way that he speaks. <sighs> so you guys wanted dialogue. Here it comes. Oh, thank you. Oh God, I I take it back. I don't want dialogue. I don't want. It's dialogue. okay. We've David, got a no. we've got a paragraph full of not dialogue before a long stretch of, and then we're done. Oh, okay, okay. Oh, okay. Just, Just do it. Do it. Do it. Get, we're almost. We're, let's just get through the chapter. What are you doing tonight? He asked Eliza. Seeing you, she felt assured. That is the correct answer. Well done. I am a human. Ezra had been a beacon of light to so many females as there they lay, under the mail, with nothing to lose. <laughs> Up and into his eyes they looked, hate this. finding an almost primitively embarrassing meaning, finding that they finally had a name, and Ezra alone taught them to see themselves through their lover's eyes. This book has a positive attitude toward women. It wasn't easy, <laughs> and the gift worked both ways, of course. But it did different things to different hearts. And why shouldn't it? Sameness meant that nothing moves on. Occupied by Ezra, the girl woman somehow enjoyed the sensation of feeling oily and disgusting. And as what? Ezra flashed his no-biting smile, he playfully what? bit her ear hard enough to hurt, yet not hurtful enough to matter. This is like if space aliens had a human zoo. And they were observing mating procedures in their in their notes. It is rough with the boys, as Eliza will find, just as it is boring with the considerate gentleman. What? For his part, Ezra was appreciative, but would never be the dazed underling, and neither would he ever be cheap enough to be cruel. Eliza, though, had caught him unawares, because although she awakened him, Full gratification would not be quite so prompt. Of similar height, should these things matter, they, they amused each other daily with dilly-dally and doolally repartee, the kind which neither would accept from others. Okay, so the point is, is that they fuck. I think maybe not. The point is that they haven't fucked yet. Is that I what's happening here? I, I don't know. Like Kane, did they fuck? Did Morrissey die in a house fire yet? <laughs> no. Okay, then I don't, I'm not getting involved. Fuck this book. And fuck Morrissey. I have an old soul, begins Eliza. I am a model of oh healthy humanity, God. chops Ezra. Friendship is a waste of time, lobs Eliza. I dream of a booze-infused orgy, shoots Ezra. I mean, same. I am a <laughs> booze-infused orgy, is Eliza's reverse twist. I have erotic curiosities, top spins Ezra. What is this? I can take life as it is and leave it at that, backhands Eliza. I slow down to inspect traffic accidents at the risk of causing another, lies Ezra. You mustn't keep asking yourself why you feel what you feel is Eliza's drop shot. What? What's that? Uh, I am th this, a flawless this is triumph. 
I am a floored triumph. I take myself very seriously, so this is... is Ezra's sudden half volley. Therefore, I do not need All of the to dialogue serves Ezra. In one paragraph. <laughs> I am a puzzle. I, a solution. I am flimsy. I am whimsy. The ground strokes went on, leading nowhere. For the tiebreak was truced, and the play-and-serve love match was an even double. So I imagine Morrissey, yeah. right? Uh-huh. He's sitting at his typewriter or word no, processor. No, no, no. He's or using he's... a typewriter. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. So he's sitting at his typewriter, right? And that page is yeah. finished. Okay. He's finished typing that page. And he leans back and he crosses his arms and he reads it back to himself and he goes, fucking beautiful. <laughs> Wait, well, he, first of all, Kane, there's something you got on. wrong. He can't cross his arms because he's too busy furiously masturbating. <laughs> Also, all that I have with me right now is this nail clippers. I'm going, like, this is a goal. It's an ambition of mine. I'm going to find a way to, to end my suffering with these Just nail clippers. Just jam it in your eyeball, dude. This is apparently, I mean, what, what you call this is amusing yourself with dilly-dally and doolally repartee. <laughs> because that is something that means things to humans. Yep. All right. Well, what do we think about well, this? Well, hold book, on guys? here. Hold on. That's that's not quite it. You cut me off before I got to the end of it. Yeah, it felt like you were mid mid word when, when we went off on a journey. I know. I have to start over. No. Oh, no, no, David. David, no. You no. Don't. David. I can't hear I am a model of a major general again. Model of healthy humanity. I will eat this cat if you read that paragraph again. <laughs> I am the perfect fiancé, leaned in Eliza. I am the perfect fiasco, advanced Ezra, head manning a drop pass. Furiously paced, this private nonsense went on until at least one face cracked. Not because any of the puck-handled dribble had been funny in the least, but because, well, what it must be to be in love. Was that supposed to be some kind of banter? Yeah, that's what Morrissey imagines banter to be like. Between a couple? Yeah, yeah, between... Is there more? No, no, no. All right, good, good, good. All right, well... That takes us to the black and white picture of the relay runner, which I assume to be the... uh... Cool, we're going to start chapter two, right? No, what do we think about this book, guys? I hated everything about yeah, it. It's if terrible. there are people that, that like hard. this, the only people that they could possibly be are people who are experts on Morrissey's history, so they understand like it's his... like a secret language to them. Yeah, yeah. In the same way that people who read the extended universe of the Star Wars books, like the bad ones, you know the ones I'm talking about. The prequels? Yes, thank you. The prequels. That was what I was looking for. <laughs> I just, I just want to go home. I don't. That was a bad time. I actually feel worse than what I did before we started today. So I finished <sighs> uploading my consciousness to the computer. Uh-huh. I'm gonna go hop in the incinerator. Make room. Make room. <laughs> <laughs> no, David. This is my incinerator. I've peed in all the corners. Multiple versions of myself have done this. Um, yeah, so the thing that I would like to say yes. is that this book was really insightful and it had kind of a, a hidden language about the human condition. Uh-huh. 
you know? And I think that were we to, to read the whole book, we would have a much better understanding about Morrissey and ourselves. I mean, we, I'm just kidding. I think Morrissey needs to die in a house fire. Yeah. I mean, we, we, we did maybe house fire, house fire. Um, that was a bad time. And, um, we're sorry. We're sorry. We're so sorry. If, if you, hopefully at least our banter was amusing enough to you. Like having read this, I, I, I feel unclean doing self-promotion You know, because no, no, no. of what we just Look, did. We, we did this to you and ourselves. So we suffered through this. You could turn this podcast off midway like <laughs> after david starts reading the first like three many words. of you probably have yeah but if you've <laughs> sat with us this whole time and you've suffered as we have we're sorry what we should do in editing is just cut out all the book parts and just leave the banter <laughs> and put that out there <laughs> uh, uh. so i'm i'm I, i'm just gonna say here i i yeah i kind of moved forward through the book a little bit just to see if it goes anywhere and apparently at some point spoiler alert for anyone who's actually planning on reading this uh harry dies oh no not harry who's that oh, and he was such an important character and then there's a lot of talking about what happens and you know what what does it mean to be left behind when someone dies and then some discussion of whether America is a good country or uh, not. Trick question. It, it isn't. Right. No, it, it's, it's not. And then some discourse about how the founding fathers obviously meant when they said mankind, men, and I quote, womb oh, men. What? That's the dumbest. I'm uh, going to go back uh, to my original statement. Uh-huh. Which is Morrissey, please die in a house fire. That's the dumbest conjoining of words I've mm. ever heard. All right. Well, I That's love a, you guys. Yeah. Um, I'm going to go hop in the incinerator. Yep. Are you sure that we shouldn't erase this memory from the computer? No, it's very important <sighs> for the experience. I feel really bad for the next version of me. Because this is awful, like just carrying this. I'm sorry. I'm just doing this out of obligation. If you enjoy what we do, please uh, find our, you, you, we, <laughs> we give you brainworms.com. You can find our Patreon. You can find the other projects that we have in the works. And you can yell at us. You can yell at us and demand an apology for what we just did. Or tell us why sure. you enjoy our works. Or Tell us why you hate us. That's fair. If you want to defend the the writings of, of Steve Morrissey, you're, you're starting with a handicap because we don't agree. And I'm coming from fuck you, like right off the bat. Yeah. Oh my God. But but if you want to, if you want to have that conversation, please, uh, we'd be happy to have it with you. Unless you're coming from a place of xenophobia. If you're, if you want to defend his, his anti-immigrant, shit then we're not gonna have a conversation with you because it's not worth our time but if you want to defend his his literature then we will talk to you about that i just have to point this out yes sir at the end of the book it's not at the beginning of the book it might be in the print version but in the Mm -hmm. epub version sure the copyright information is at the end of the book and it is copyright whores in retirement 2015 okay the moral right of the author has been asserted. I don't know what that means. You did it. You made a statement. 
the moral right of the author what? has been it's, it's like a asserted. power move in written form and do you think that's it it's just he's just marking his territory I, yeah i think we just all got pissed on by Morris, uh, I can think, uh, don't ever say that to me uh, again like man i hope never to have to that that's the least erotic experience i've had with being pissed on did, did i do diligence did i do all the self promo oh, just, just reference them to another video let's get out of here yeah we're gonna go <laughs> because that was the final nail in this episode uh we're sorry i'm gonna push the fucking button and stop the recording this has been a production of brainworms presents any copyrighted content contained within is used for purposes of review brainworms podcast is david combs kane magdalen Christian Schaefer, and Joseph Wells. The theme music is HodgePod Number 1 by Brian Davis. If you like what you heard, you can support us and learn about our other projects at wegiveyoubrainworms.com or by leaving a review on your favorite listening app. The moral right of the author has been asserted. We are all just worms in his earth.